0: Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode. That's right. You know how we do. It's season two of Fumble to Faith, my podcast where I tell you how to start again with God wherever and whenever you may need to. Because face it, we have all been there. I am your host, Ferrari. And no, I'm still not a pastor, teacher, or leader in faith, but a sinner who learned how to give it all to God and show my gratitude for his sacrifice made when Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Deuteronomy 31 6 says to be strong and courageous. God will go with you and he will never leave you nor forsake you. Allow God to show you what he means. Put your trust in him. I promise you won't be disappointed. I'm delighted to share my story with you. Let's go. Yes, we made it to season two. Hey, I am beyond grateful for what God is doing in my life. You guys do not understand I never would have thought that I would have a podcast, let alone a season two. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, like getting through season one. I've come up with so many trials during that time. I mean, just from being required to move to a new state, I had to cut people off, just friends and people who no longer served any purpose in my life that I was building with God. And a little context on that before going on, what I mean is, is if you are worshiping and praising God and you don't look any different, then are you really worshiping and praising God? You go to school with hopes of coming out smarter. You go to the gym with the hopes of coming out stronger or smaller. And it's the same with God. It should be the same with God. The Bible states in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. We so often use the term that you can't change anybody or only God can change me. Well, are you actively allowing him to? Are you allowing him to work in and through you to change you, really? I've been on the cups of eviction, all of this in the first season, and not knowing how I was going to pay my next month's rent, let alone a phone bill. Man, first season, I fell back into disobedience, and I stopped recording at one point, just lost in life. Not understanding how I ended up where I was and why God was pushing me so hard to do this podcast. Seriously, I was like, "Bro, you've got to chill. I can't focus on a podcast and eviction and not having any friends. You moved me to another state. I have no family. Like, no one I can instantly call. So, yeah. The first season, even being half a season, it was a time, okay? I'm beyond grateful again, for what God is doing in my life. I have been in a place lately, though, where I felt like I wasn't able to go on. I kind of felt stuck, like when life begins to grow and it stretches you in more ways than one, and it becomes tough because these are waters that you're not used to navigating. Well, think about it this way. When you're in the kitchen helping someone cook, let's just say it's Thanksgiving, right? And usually during Thanksgiving time, you're not the one who cooks. You're not the one in the kitchen. It's your sister, your cousin, and your auntie. But they show up late. And your mima or your mom needs help with a few things, so they call on you. Now you got a confused look on your face. Your emotions are all stirred up because you, number one, don't feel like cooking. Number two, it's not your job. Like, this is not what you usually do. But you get in there, and then they have to tell you so many instructions and so many directions. They even get a little upset with you because they're not understanding why it seems like you're not trying hard enough, let alone trying at all. Well, this is exactly how God sees us when we're trying to step in the way of his will for our lives. God is you in that kitchen situation, confused at how you think you can step into the will of your own life when he already has it set up no matter what you do. Going through God's will or walking in God's will, you can get to the finish line. But if you decide to step in in your own way, you mess up your life so much trying to do your own thing, you never get to any kind of finish line. And I had to learn this the hard way. So back in the kitchen, again, you're upset and you don't really want to help because you're, again, thinking to yourself, I am not the cook. I don't usually cook. I am not the chef. Usually it's me, my my mother, and my auntie. They do the cooking. Why am I here? Why do you need my help? I'm not the chef. Well, God is saying the same thing to you. Why are you trying to run your own life when I know the plans that I have for you? Jeremiah 29:11. The good thing is, is God doesn't get upset with you the way that we do. He allows you to have free will. And he will just watch as you are living your own life, not in his will. And as he's watching, he's waiting for you until you begin to make better decisions that will lead you back to him and the will he has for you. You are not the chef of your life. God is always in the kitchen preparing for you the next best dish to serve. You with honor, grace, mercy, forgiveness, and love, let him do the cooking. When I say I had to learn this the hard way, it was terrible, y'all, it was bad. It was so bad. I was called by God at 17 years old, but I denied him. I had an attitude and the mindset of, hold on, like you've allowed everyone around me to live their lives, not thinking that they didn't actually live their lives for him or that maybe he called them and they had said no as well. I just didn't want to have anything to do with thinking that I wasn't able to live my life how I wanted to live my life. So I told him no. I was a child. I didn't know anything other than I just didn't want to do it, and I lived for me. And I didn't know how terrible my life was going to be. And when I say terrible, I don't mean I had a bad life. I just know that now that I am mature and looking back, I'm able to recognize all the bad decisions that I was making that had nothing to do with God's will over my life, which caused me to begin down a path of living a life full of possible regret. We as people sometimes don't understand that the decisions that we make affect everyone around us, but not only that will cause us to possibly regret the life that we're living if we don't move according to God's will. Jump ahead three years, At 20, I was called again. And by this time, y'all, I was in my clubbing era. I mean, clubbing every night, Thursday through Thursday. I was in somebody's club, bar, or lounge, like i worked there. I didn't believe that God was calling me during a time like this. Like, yet again, I had another excuse. Like, come on, me and my friends going out this weekend. There's parties. You know, there's fun to be had. I plan to drink. It's my turn to be the bartender. I mean, I mean, usually I'm the bartender and I'm the least drunk. So how can I be the designated driver if I'm not there and you're calling me now? And let me just say his way of calling me. It wasn't like Ferrari come to me now. You know, it was in ways of scripture, um, a song that I heard or neatly placed thoughts in my mind. And I use the word neatly placed because I was a mess always in my head, always overthinking what I was doing. And I knew that I was living for other people and I never wanted to be the outcast. I never wanted to be different. I wanted to do what my friends were doing. I wanted to do what my sisters were doing. It made sense that I ran with the people that were around me. So I never wanted to back out of plans, ruin someone else's plans, not show up and not do what they were doing. So I told God, no, yet again, and made my friends and family my God essentially, I set them on the pedestal that I should have set God on. And that's what, that's the way that I decided to live my life. And I'll tell you that it gave me some of the worst times of my life. Again, as I say, worst times, of course I had a good time. Of course I was with good people. Of course I loved my friends and family and I love them now. But again, just being mature in my walk with God, it's easy to see how The decisions that I was making were stupid for me to tell him, no, when God has something for your life, I can honestly tell you, regardless of how you try to live or the ways that you try to live, if he has it for you, it's yours and you will always find a way back to him. That is not a joke. He will not leave you alone. It does not work like that. Like You guys have to understand what he has for you is truly for you. And there is no way around it. You're either going to get there when he's calling you to be there, or you're going to lollygag, but eventually you'll be there. Because when God has called you to be a soldier in his army, he's not letting up. He's going to be on you 100% all the time, let alone I'm 20, and I'm young and dumb, and I told him no. So next year, 21, I ended up pregnant with my boyfriend, who I was madly in love with. I just knew we were going to get married. And I didn't pay attention to when things got bad because I was in love. Needless to say, a year later, we ended up with another baby and even thought about abortion because he was in college. I was 22. That's right, 22 with two babies now. I I was blown. I'm not even going to lie. I remember that second pregnancy being so tough and stressful. And then I'd be wondering why my son still be crying. That's why. He's 14 and he still cries, (laughs) but I stressed him out. I'm sure that was such a terrible time because I was not myself. I was just doing what I thought I should be doing in life, living my own life. And when I tell you guys your life is not about you, your life is not about you. It's literally a testimony to save someone else's life. It's a testimony to save your own life. And God's not going to let up. And he did it on me. Yet again, I didn't want to do anything that was going to make me feel shameful or guilty. So I turned away from God because I was scared that he was going to judge me. Yes, he's going to judge me at the end times, but like my mindset in the moment, being 22 with two kids is like, dang, I'm messing up. And and to read the Bible, and I've said it before, it's offensive. So it convicts you. And I never wanted to feel the conviction outside of the shame and guilt that I'd already felt for telling him no and walking away. But I did begin to pray soon after, and I went back to church, and I was hoping that God would continue to keep me, which he did even through the next time I decided to walk away. I landed what I thought was my dream man. We planned a wedding and a parenthood together, and then I fasted. Y'all, let me tell you something. Prayer and fasting? it'll do it every time. (laughs) It'll do it every time. You guys have got to pray and fast because God will move for you. He will speak to you. Mm. Prayer and fasting. Because prior to getting married, I fasted and had the most vivid dream. So vivid that I thought it was really me. What I thought I was and what I built, I began to rebel against myself. I began to do what I wanted to do, no matter what anyone said, including God. During this time, I could feel that God still was giving me ways out of relationships and situations and showing me how they would end if I don't surrender to him. And it happened that way that he said every (laughs) single time. It never turned out right if he was not in it. But during all these years of rebellion, I was never so far from God that I couldn't smell what he was cooking in the kitchen. I just didn't want to eat it. I wanted to be spoon-fed, but not what he was cooking. I wanted to be cared for and hugged, but not how he was offering. I was so hurt that I took it out on myself. No self-worth, no real care for myself, just whatever I wanted to do to make my own happiness. So one day, while I was doing me, I decided to open my Bible and just read. That day turned into another, and another, and another, and then I was asking questions. I was back in church, and I was loving it. God had yet brought an idea of the podcast in my life, and I was like, nope, I'm not ready. What will people think? What will they say? How will I keep going if I hear what they say? How can I do this? I'm not a tech person. I can't stand computers. Editing, the, the video, anything. How am I going to do this is what I asked God. So I tried to enlist anyone I thought I could to do this podcast with me, to help me make it easier on me. And it never worked out. I was never able to record or come up with topics or do what I needed to get it done. Even down to the first episode of season one, y'all, the night before recording, I was supposed to record and drop a podcast with a friend of mine. And we had it down to the script, the topics, the content, the IG page was up and popping, all of it. But it just still didn't work out. I can recall God so sweetly reminding me that this is what I've called you to do. This is your assignment. So I sat down and I ate. I ate my pride. I ate my fear. I ate my self confidence. I ate my lies. I ate my lustful ways. I ate my low self esteem. I ate my porn addiction. I ate my cussing and fussing. I ate my drinking and smoking. I ate my trash approach to parenting. I ate my trash communication skills. Nope. I'm not talking about texting. <laughs> I ate my smart mouth, and I am still sitting at the table, still eating, still learning, and still growing. And you can too. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 through 13 states, When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. I allowed God to continue to be the chef and I took the back table near the window. God loves you enough to open that window and serve you with the best view of you and a dish of salvation. I love you. Yeah, I think we got it. That's it for this episode. And believe me when I say we have got you and we always do. I'm always interceding on your behalf and I'm grateful for all who listens. So go share what you heard and remember Romans 1, 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentiles. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music right now, so listen in, tell a friend and share it with some of your kin. We've got some grown in Christ to do, so let's do it together. I love you. <laughs>